but we have students in South Africa, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in Australia, in the UK, um, in Singapore, uh, and other countries of the world. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Dr. Dennis Fry is president of Masters International University of Divinity, and they're based in Evansville, Indiana, and Melbourne, Florida. Dr. Fry, you put a lot of effort into preparing for your role as president of the university. I counted seven degrees there, including a doctor of theology, a doctor of ministry, and a doctor of business administration. Did I get that right? Yes, that's right. Well, you must like going to school. You know, I guess uh, I would say I love learning. I think that we've often over uh, overbuild the idea of getting a degree to get a job, although that's very important, and we'll talk about that later on. But you know mm-hmm. what? Just the love of learning itself is, uh, is the gift you get back, just the discipline that comes from applying yourself to structured learning uh, and the joy you have when you've completed a task in learning, and you know that you know a little more than you did before. You know, Chris, none of us know very much. We're all schooled in a very narrow area. When I when I got my undergraduate degree, I thought I knew a lot. When I got my master's degree, the first of my three, I thought, well, I know I really know a lot. But when I re- when I completed my first doctoral program, I realized I really didn't know hardly anything, and neither did anybody else. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think you're you're right in saying that once you know so much, it's like you just don't understand. I mean, you do understand how big the world is, is what I'm saying. And you understand the world of knowledge a little bit more and know that yours is just a small part of it. That's correct. We're all schooled in a very narrow area. But when God calls us to ministry, he calls us, as Paul said to Timothy, to study to show ourselves approved unto God. You know, it's pretty hard to show yourself approved if you don't study. But then he mm-hmm. says, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You can study, but study the wrong things. And then he said, rightly dividing the word of truth. You, you can study the word and wrongly divide it. So our task as those God calls to Christian ministry is to study and then to show ourselves approved unto God through those studies so that we can rightly divide the word of truth. And in dividing it, we are prepared to hand it out to give it to others. Mm-hmm. And there is something about that structured study, isn't there, that really brings a focus. I mean, you hear of people who do, uh, who audit classes, or maybe later in life they go back to school and they don't, uh, you know, they're not held accountable perhaps by doing the finals and so forth. There is something about taking the full structure of a course and really applying yourself, isn't there? Well, Chris, you bring up a really good subject, particularly in our age today when you can quote Google up just about any subject mm-hmm. and get information on it. I think that has helped to diminish the, the the intensity of a desire to have structured learning because you think, well, I can get this on my computer. I could just Google this up. Um, and, and some people do that, and they do really well. I mean, A.W. Tozer, uh, most people quote A.W. Tozer, never realizing that A.W. Tozer never finished uh, even one college course. Hmm. But there aren't very many A.W. Tozers in the world. There are an awful lot of the other kind 
who have gone on with structured learning, taking the advantage that comes from studying under the authorship of an institution of scholars who have been proven in their own area by their peer groups, who now are able to share that. And the Apostle Paul also spoke about that, that we were supposed to teach good and godly others who were also then able to teach others after they've been taught by us. Uh, final thought on that is, you know, Apollos was a powerful preacher in the book of Acts, and, and a man who was well-learned, but when Aquila and Priscilla heard him preach, they realized that he needed more instruction, and they took him under their wing, and they taught him the way of God more perfectly. And that's what structured learning is designed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you have put a lot of effort into preparing for your role at the university. Now, let's talk about what is unique about your particular University of Divinity. It's been around for just a couple of decades, but it's a unique one. Tell me about how it was founded and what makes it different from other divinity schools. Well, I was uh, a vice president at another institution uh, beginning in 1989, and through the through the 90s, uh, I, I realized that there was going to be an open door in what was at that time called the, quote, information highway. That's now a, a pretty antiquated term. And looking down the, road, we, we, down the road, we realized that we're going to have to provide structured training to individuals via the information superhighway, the Internet. And so while working with this other institution as a vice president, I came up with an idea to provide free courses online. And and I called it the Master's Self-Study Library. Master's being possessive, of course, for the Master, our Lord Jesus. And to my surprise, those free courses were wound up being taken by hundreds and then over a thousand individuals. So I realized that there was going to be a need for that. And when my time of service at that university, uh, that school uh, came to a close, we began to devise a plan to create a online, totally online divinity school that would be unique in at least these three ways. Uh, number one, that it would be totally online, that while we would offer residency options for study, they would be short intensives that wouldn't become on board and live on campus. Secondly, we had to deliver it in a way that would be the easiest and the most flexible so that people didn't have to have high-powered software, they didn't have to invest in expensive computers. Those days were different, and the broadband concept was just beginning to build in. Uh, most people were accessing via a telephone line. And then the third thing was we determined that we would be 100% Christ-centered and Bible-based so that we could meet those godly people in, across denominational spectrums who believed in the inerrancy of the Word of God. And we, we adopted the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy, which is arguably the strongest statement ever created, at least in the English language, on biblical inerrancy and hermeneutics. And so we, we felt like when we were going to organize it, we had to name it, and what should we name it for? And then who should we name it for? Many great schools are named for patrons and for saints and for godly people of the past, but we wanted to name it for the master himself. And so the name master 
Masters Possessive became the first name. We went through several iterations as we grew uh, from a beginning school in March of 1999 until today now we have transitioned from Divinity School to School of Divinity to Masters International University of Divinity with four distinct schools that serve across the spectrum from free courses all the way through a Ph.D. program. And what are those four distinct schools? First, there's the, the, there is the, the School of uh, Biblical Studies, which we call School of the Bible, and that provides both free studies, 100% online certificate programs, where also the program and all of the textbooks that are required are embedded in one online webpage. And then we have a diploma, which is equivalent to a first-year Bible college diploma. Then we have the College of the Bible, which has an associate degree, and then a Bachelor of Ministry, a Bachelor of Divinity, and then several Bachelor of Arts in areas of discipline like biblical counseling, biblical studies, pastoral ministry. The third school is the Graduate School of Divinity, which has the master's programs and the doctoral programs, the Doctor of Divinity, Doctor of Biblical Studies, the Doctor of Ministry, a Doctor of Theology, and the Doctor of Practical Theology, which is not as well known in the U.S., but in the U.K. and in Australia and Canada, uh, much better known. And since we reach across denominational and international boundaries, uh, these programs here are those that seem to fit best around the world. And then finally, we have a unique program called the Theological Research Institute, that's the fourth school. It's strictly a standard Ph.D., but in four, just three disciplines only, in biblical counseling, biblical studies, and biblical theology. And it's a traditional Ph.D. program, but delivered online. Mm-hmm. Well, since uh, it's all online, then, or basically it's all online, you have some residency, as you said, but uh, how many international students would you have? Right now, our current student body is about 1,300, mm-hmm. and uh, I would say probably half the countries in the world are represented somewhere in that most of them, of course, in the U.S. and in Canada, but we have students in South Africa, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in Australia, in the U.K., um, in Singapore, uh, and other countries of the world. And so the primary requirement is that you have access to the internet no specialized software is required we provide everything on our end and uh, that you are at least TOEFL if you're if you're non-english speaking that you can pass the TOEFL exam we don't require the TOEFL exam unless there's a problem but if a person can demonstrate up front to us during the admissions process that they have sufficient english uh, skills english composition skills then we will take international students whose English may be their second, third, or even fourth language. So that test is uh, teaching English as a foreign language. Yeah, the the old that's the old uh, terminology for it. There are several other now uh, other options where students can uh, demonstrate competency uh, in uh, English as a second, third, or fourth language. Uh, and as long as they are English competent, uh, then uh, we're happy to have them come into the school. We teach every year, at least once a year, in Jerusalem, Israel. Um, and then we have online live seminars, and then we have online what are called asynchronous seminars, 
where students learn from their professors at any time of the day or the night or any time of the week that they choose. So we have a wide range. It goes from being able to study at your own pace. We call that self-directed study all the way through intensives where in four or eight weeks under the direction of your professor, you're given assignments every day to do, and then you get through that course much more quickly. So we provide a very wide range. Average age of our students, Chris, is, is 45. Okay. We are not a school for young people. Uh, we, we, really don't, we really don't provide programs for people right out of high school. We want them to go to a campus, have that experience of being integrated into a, into a community of believers where under the influence of, of peers and under the influence of their leaders, of their professors, they can gain that uh, experience. It can only be gained in a campus setting. So we are geared for the men and women who are either going into ministry as a later in life option, maybe a second career, maybe they've retired from uh, a previous career, or men and women who are in ministry, about 60% are already in ministry, but they realize a need to go on to a higher level of learning. Uh, We also have degree completion programs at the baccalaureate level, so that someone who Maybe back when they were in their late teens and early 20s, they were in college, Chris, and uh, they dropped out for whatever reason. You know, not every college dropout is a dropout because they just gave up. Sometimes circumstances intervene, and they just had to. Mm -hmm. So we provide a way for people to take those other college credits they've earned in the past, put them in the mix, and then complete their baccalaureate degree with us. But our goal is to reach those men and women who are in ministry, are moving into ministry, so that they can have a higher level of learning so that they can serve at a higher level. Well, as I look through your mission and purpose statements, one thing that stood out to me was a servant culture in ministry. Could you tell me why that's so important to your school? You know, we don't want to cast stones at people we don't even know. And so general statements or broad statements often do that. So I want to move away from disparaging someone who maybe is in ministry for the wrong reason Hmm. and talk about those who are in it for the right reason. I think most people enter uh, Christian ministry, whether it's as a worship leader, a pastor, an executive pastor, a missionary in a parachurch ministry, like you're in a parachurch ministry, uh, I think they enter that with a heart that is tuned to serving God wanting to be a a channel through which God can work his work through them in whatever unique area God has called them. But what what can happen is that after the initial stardust of being in ministry begins to fade a bit, like Moses' face began to fade, it's easy to get caught up into ministry as a job, Uh, John Piper, many years ago, wrote a book called Brothers, We Are Not Professionals. Mm -hmm. And in that, he he emphasizes the idea, we are servants. We are there to serve. The Scripture says a servant is not above his master. Our Lord was a servant. And so our programs, all of our, every degree program, every course, is designed to touch people whose hearts are tuned toward being a servant. And a servant is willing to go that extra mile, to learn more, to do more, to gain more, to give more. 
And so our our thoughts are that, that that we should we should learn more to be able to serve more. Yes, that is so true. Now today we wanted to talk specifically about this exciting new program that you have for bivocational pastors. First of all, could you explain what a bivocational pastor is? Sure, Chris. In the uh, in the language of the fifties, sixties, seventies, and even the eighties, bivocational meaning by meaning two mm-hmm. two vocations generally was applied to a pastor who pastored a small church that could not afford to pay a full time salary, mm-hmm. who also had a job a profession, an avocation, by which they supplied the larger part of their income. Uh, not unlike the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 18, uh, where he uses his skills as a letter maker, sometimes called a tent maker, to be able to provide income for himself so that he wouldn't, quote, be a burden to the churches. The idea was that you, you'd, for the most part, not not everyone, but generally you did this as you were building a congregation, as the church was growing, and the idea was that someday here, soon, I'll be able to lay aside my tent-making skills, and I'll be the full-time pastor of this church. Now, that is still true in many places today. But as you know, there's been a, a, a real sea change in local church ministry in the last 20 years, particularly in the last 15 or so. And even the term senior pastor is not as commonly used as it was back just a couple of decades ago. Mm -hmm. Terms like administrative pastor are still used, but sometimes replaced with the term executive pastor. And sometimes rather than being called a senior pastor, they're called a preaching minister or teaching minister. Um, and so within the local church, new avenues of ministry are being recognized. Uh, when I was going to Bible college, I was a youth pastor for a while, and prior, prior to that, a children's pastor, and everyone knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were, either the, you were the, either the senior pastor, you were the youth pastor, or you were the music minister. Uh, there were exceptions to that even then, but today that that whole area has changed, even the nomenclature of what we call someone in their area of ministry. And also along with that, what has happened is that more and more individuals are seeing the value of being bivocational inside and outside the church as a ministry calling, not necessarily ever expecting to go, quote, full-time in the ministry but seeing their ministry as being a marketplace minister for the Lord and a ministry place minister for the Lord at the same time. So we, we, we began to see this trend in our, in our students because obviously we're ministering to the ministers. So we're seeing it maybe sooner than others would because that's our, that's, those are our students and our graduates. So we felt like about three years ago, we should begin to work toward creating a program that would meet the needs of both those classes of individuals. Those who were going into church ministry that was different than simply being uh, a, a pastor or a preaching minister, but also someone who might be on staff as the, the church business manager, a church project manager, uh, the director of the Biblical Counseling Center, and perhaps what we might call the executive pastor. 
so that we could, how can we meet the needs of those individuals with both secular and spiritual training, sacred and secular together? And also, what can we do for those who feel called of God to work in the marketplace in the secular world, but also be servants within the sacred world? And that was the impetus by which we began to think about how we could do it. Yes, as I mentioned to you before, we have a magazine called Charisma Leader, and in that magazine we look at those who are in traditional ministry as well as those who are in marketplace ministry. So you would be speaking to some of those people as well. On, on both sides. Mm-hmm. So we, we took about three years to begin to build the idea, and then uh, this is a very this is a, this is a brand new program in terms of its launch, but it's not new in terms of its conception because it goes back about three years. But in August uh, of this year, August of 2020, two thousand nineteen, excuse me, uh, we we uh, uh, created an articulation agreement. We finalized. We've been working on it for many months, but we are we finalized an articulation agreement with Columbia Southern University one of the largest online universities in the country, um, very credible, very reputable, with unique programs like us, uh, a totally online school. And, but they are uh, based so, in Alabama. Yes, they're in Orange Beach, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, we uh, went down for the official signing. The program is now available to people. And so we have four graduate degree programs, one church administration and human resource management, biblical counseling center and healthcare management, church and parachurch finance management, and church and parachurch project management. Those four. So you come into the program with us. These are these are programs that require a baccalaureate degree. Come into the program with us. You earn the Master of Arts degree through us but you're simultaneously enrolled at Columbia Southern University. And when you finish, you receive both your master's degree and a graduate certificate from Columbia Southern University. You receive both upon graduation. So you can take that, you can take that program into the marketplace. You can take that program into the church and begin to use that even as you're studying, you're beginning to use what you're learning. You don't begin to use it the moment you graduate. You begin to use it the moment you begin, you, you enroll. And so, for example, in, we'll take, for example, if we can, just the idea of church administration uh, and human resource management. It's an ideal program for church administrators, missions directors, Christian business and Christian not-for-profit organizations. And when you're finished, then you have a certificate in human resource management from Columbia Southern University, and you have a Master of Arts degree from Masters International University of Divinity. Mm-hmm. So where can people go to learn more about these particular programs? Well, probably the easiest thing to do is to remember the master. So it's the, T-H-E dot M-D-I-V-S dot E-D-U, MDIVS for Master of Divinity, mm-hmm. the.mdivs.edu, and click on Programs, or on the main page, click on the Graduate School 
And when you open that up uh, immediately at the top, you, they will see bivocational Master of Arts degrees, bivocational Master of Arts in Christian Studies. They'll click on that link and it'll open up, and everything that's every every bit of information they need is right there available to them in just that one click. Wonderful. So as we get near the end of our time here today, what would you say to those people who uh, are interested in this program? Why are you excited about this program? Well, I go back to when I first came into pastoral ministry. I'm uh, I'm a United States Navy veteran, uh, and when I when I got out of the Navy, I spent five years on active duty, three on inactive reserve. When I got out, I went back to college, and uh, and during that time, an opportunity opened itself at a local church for my wife and I to come on as children's pastors. Uh, but beginning at the beginning of it, there was no pay; it was a volunteer job. And I was working at that time in the banking and insurance business, and I was able to provide my own salary and then be able to work in the church as a volunteer. And then I went off to Bible college, and in Bible college, I uh, did the same thing. And going through Bible college, we worked as children's and then youth pastors, and going to school full-time and also working full-time and ministering full-time. Uh, I, I, I began to understand what it was like to, to the advantages of being in both worlds. But God had called me to full-time Christian service, but along the way I had to do the bivocational option in order to get to that point. So I would say to those who are heading in that direction, this is an ideal program for you. For those who are already in Christian ministry, uh, those of you who are serving, for example, as finance manager for a large church, this program would be ideal for you. I would say to those whose churches are preparing for a large building expansion program, going to build a new campus or a new church building, our project management option in this program would be ideal. And so it fits both worlds together. And sometimes God calls us away from full-time ministry back into the secular world. Sometimes he calls us back in again. So this program provides training that allows you to, to be able to be competent in both worlds. And it does so at a price that they can afford. It does so at a pace they can keep up with. Hmm. Well, you've certainly uh, supplied what's needed, I think, in the, in the education world for people who are preparing for this type of uh, ministry. So would you like to close us with prayer as we consider those who are perhaps at the stage where they're thinking about this type of program or they're wondering which direction to go uh, in order to best serve the kingdom? I would, Chris. Thank you for the privilege. Hmm. Our Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Master. We, Chris and I, have no idea who is listening to this program who will listen to it over the days to come. But you know, you know already who they are. And those who need to hear this, those for whom you have called into ministry that this program would be a blessing to, we pray that you'll touch their hearts, touch their spirit in a way that says to them, I want you to learn more about this. I want you to go to that website. I want you to pray about this. I want you to consider this. And for those who will hear this, that this is not 
kind of program that is right for them and their ministry because it's not right for everyone, Lord, we know that. We pray that their heart will be encouraged to know that there are many of us out here who care about them and their ministry, who want them to succeed in their ministry and have other programs that might be a blessing to them. And finally, we pray that you'll bless Chris and her ministry and charisma and all the places that it touches and ministers to. And we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, and I say amen to that. And we pray a blessing upon your school, upon what you're doing uh, with this bivocational program. It's uh, an exciting program, and just at the start, just at the cusp, we caught you. <laughs> so That's very, true. That's right. Very happy to have you on as, as you get started and launch this program. Uh, so, Dr. Dennis Fry, we've appreciated having you here today on Charisma Connection, and we hope to have this show uh multiplying across our network so that uh, people can uh, learn more about your uh, university, which is called Master's International University of Divinity. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Fry. Thank you, Chris. God bless you. Uh, Blessings, supernal, and shalom. Thank you so much. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Join us again next time for another exciting interview show. And in the meantime, check out our other shows on our expanding network at cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.